John Tolan Kay is chief executive of Heathrow, an airport that in normal times is one of the busiest in Europe. But in August, passenger demand was down 82% compared to the previous year. Here's John talking to Sky News earlier this month about why demand has fallen. Well, actually, we have uh, a lot of confidence from passengers. You'll see behind me that where people can fly, they do fly. Uh, There's a lot of appetite to travel around the world. Uh, A lot of people uh, wanting to visit friends and relatives, as well as to go on business. What is holding them back is the ability to go to the markets they want to get to. The the, uh, relaxation of quarantine measures only apply to 30% of the countries that we fly to. And that means that 70% of our markets are still closed to us. And they're really important markets, such as the United States. And as we think of Britain's future outside of the European Union, we need to be trading with places like the US and Canada and Singapore, all of which are quarantined at the moment. That needs to change if we're going to rebuild the UK economy. And that means moving to testing, as other European competitors are doing, rather than imposing a 14-day quarantine, which stops people flying altogether. John mentioned the US there, a destination which saw passenger numbers fall by 95% in August compared to last year. He's spoken extensively about the importance of long-haul markets, not just for passenger travel, but also for cargo. It is our exports from the UK that travel on passenger planes from Heathrow, actually. 40% of all the UK's exports go on passenger planes from Heathrow. But if those planes can't fly because people can't uh, travel on them, then our exports are grounded. This is holding back the recovery of the UK economy and putting thousands and thousands of jobs at risk. And the government needs to act now to allow testing as an alternative to quarantine so we can get the economy kick-started. More than 30 airports are actually already using testing as a safe alternative to 14-day quarantine, something John says is helping get their economies moving. Frankfurt Airport has overtaken Heathrow in terms of footfall, and he thinks that's an early warning that Britain's economy will fall behind if we don't protect our global trading network. Well, the government has said that they want to look at testing, but they were saying that two weeks ago when the Spanish crisis happened, but we've seen nothing from the government since then, and time is ticking. Had we moved at the time of the Spanish crisis, then we could have avoided the French crisis last weekend and avoided the risk of passengers having to go into quarantine when they could have had an alternative of being tested here at the airport. Now, this is something that is being carried out in other countries, In Germany, in Iceland, they have either a a test after one day, three days or five days. Uh, But in Britain, we're still imposing a 14-day quarantine on anyone coming from a high-risk country. We need to do better than this if we are going to rebuild our economy as an outward-looking trading nation. I'm at St Pancras International, which, just like the airports, is weirdly quiet. Cafes where people would normally have been struggling to get seats are almost empty. Some of them are closed. People aren't going into the shops. There is hardly anyone here. That is probably because they are all where I am, on the Suffolk coast. Inspired by last week's discussion with Adnams, I am staycationing in Southwold, just around the corner from the brewery, in fact, and I am definitely not the only one. The town is packed, as it has been all summer, and later on I'll be talking to Lorraine White, who manages holiday lettings at estate agent Starrance, and Steve Magnall, who runs the popular Two Magpies Bakery, to hear all about their summer, a summer like no other. I'm John Human. And I'm Megan Vauxhall, and this is not your normal finance show. 
here in a uh, weirdly quiet St Pancras station. I'm, I'm with Stephen, who works in one of the cafes here. What's football been like for you in your in here in the uh, in the last few few weeks? It's been just quiet, basically. Um, I think people, because basically in some point, people what he's doing is just uh, travel to with the area star travel like around. So basically, I think because of the coronavirus and uh, this whole situation, uh, people doesn't want to spend money um, in travel or maybe like they they feel afraid of doing it because they know if, they don't know if maybe once they get to the other country it's gonna the rules are gonna change they're gonna have to do prime time and stuff so yeah I think basically that's the reason why people has been why the, this place has been quiet yeah and people that yeah how long have you been open for? Um, they've been open for uh, way more but the thing is um, I just I'm a new employer so basically I've been here for one month but I think they opened maybe one month before I came after the quarantine and after the whole, the lockdown basically so yeah it's funny the station is it with everyone wearing masks it does, it feels quite hostile it feels like it doesn't feel like you want to hang around in a station for too long uh yeah that's I mean I'm actually have my own opinion of the, um, on that that specific theme because I think it um, that that virus is going to stay anyway, uh, like any other virus that we have. So basically, I think I mean I I, I understand we have to follow the rules, uh, but I'm not a fan. I'm not really a fan to be wearing the mask because I think we have to get over it. Because uh, anyway, as I say, virus is going to stay. Yeah. So we have to just like get over this, and yeah, because what what it happened is like makes you feel like scared. Like this whole situation, it, it, I don't know. It's, people is afraid to do things that. As we heard from Stephen in King's Cross and from the chief executive of Heathrow at the beginning of the podcast, the fear of quarantine seems to be a major reason why international travel has been far less popular in the last few months. Here's Grant Chaps explaining the rules. We've been really careful uh, and cautious in bringing in these um, uh, air bridges or exemptions uh, from a certain number of countries, specifically because we're very well aware that this virus is still out there and it's not defeated anywhere. I mean, including here, and we have to be very, very cautious. So what we've done is put together a list of countries with the Joint Biosecurity Centre and uh, the Chief Medical Officer and others. Um, So these are places that we believe we can rely on. And uh, we have reciprocal arrangements in place in many cases, uh, and it means that people can have confidence. Having said that, we will always keep a very close track on this um, to make sure the situation doesn't change. And if it does, I'm afraid we would have to exclude them. A major change to the UK government's approach to quarantine rules in England. Travellers arriving from seven Greek islands will have to self-isolate for 14 days in a new targeted approach that could see a country's islands removed or added to the safe travel corridors list. Guadeloupe has been taken off the travel corridors list, so people from Guadeloupe have to quarantine when they arrive in the UK. Watching closely the Twitter feed of the Transport Secretary, uh, Grant Shapps, who says data shows we now need to remove Portugal, uh, minus the Azores and Madeira, Hungary, French Polynesia and Reunion from the travel corridor list to keep everyone safe. So if you're arriving 
in England from these destinations after 4am on Saturday, you will need to self-isolate for 14 days. So with countries dropping in and out of the travel corridor lists on a very sporadic basis, staying in the UK and not having to self-isolate 14 days on return does seem like a much more attractive proposition. You're staycationing at the moment, John, uh, but not taking time away from the podcast and various other jobs that the editor of the Investors Chronicle has to do. Um, I have actually already been away in the UK this summer and I'm not going abroad this year. I'm not too sad about staying in the UK. No, I love going on holiday in the UK. I was supposed to go abroad twice this year, but it never happened. Uh, But Southwold is uh, a pleasant consolation, I suppose. Um, It is a beautiful place. I've been here lots and lots of times and it's very nice to be here again. There's plenty to do, a brewery, as I said, and plenty of pubs. Yeah, I know pubs, as we discussed last week, are a pretty crucial part of that um, that list of uh, of things you want from a from a holiday in the UK. I, I was in Thorpe Ness, which is just down the coast from where you are, in the middle of the summer in, in in August, and it was absolutely packed. And I think we all said, and and the local uh, business owners certainly did say that it was a summer that they'd never really experienced before. The demand for fish and chips and for ice cream obviously helped a little bit by the Monday to Wednesday eat out to help out it was just endless queues yeah it's, it's been really really busy here uh, in Southwold even though it's late September which is usually sort of when the, the season starts petering out um, and you know this is this is a trend that um, the people I spoke to uh, have said is you know is likely to continue for a while yet this year um, you know they, they, they also you know echoed my experience that you know in trying to book somewhere it was almost impossible um, which is why I've had to leave it so late. You know, staycation is becoming a very popular alternative to travelling overseas. For many people of, of a nervous disposition, the only alternative, uh, and that's having quite an interesting effect on local property markets, uh, which I heard from uh, Lorraine White at Durrance. Southold is one of those places that is, is always busy anyway. Um, but, of course, it, it has affected lots of people um, not being able to go abroad with the various lockdowns and, um, you know, travel corridors, etc. And I think also there's, there's the, the so, you know, most people tend to feel a little bit safer here at the moment um, than if they were travelling abroad. So, um, yes, a lot more staycation um, and m- more than usual, I would say. I mean, I, I tried to book a place earlier in the summer and, and couldn't, um, and I've had to leave my holiday until much, much later. Um, is, is, yeah. that, is that a trend that you've seen? And, and have people been sort of, has the season extended in a, in a way to, for people who just need to get away? That is a, that's a common, a common conversation piece when they phone up to book a holiday. And it's just a case of, They've because we had to either move guests or cancel their bookings from March to until the fourth of July. Um, some people had already when we were talking to them earlier in the year, they had already moved their booking to later at this time, or they have uh, moved it to next year. Other guests, um, you know, had their refunds, etc. And then when the holiday, uh, when the, it was announced that the holidays could commence again from the fourth of July. Um, then, you know, obviously the phones went absolutely crazy um, and so did the emails when everyone was just so desperate to get away and have a holiday. Um, but it, it's 
it's incredible the the increase um, that we've had. Um, but obviously, you know, you can't be confident about this because you don't really know what's going to happen in the next six months. Absolutely. I mean, the rules have changed regularly over the summer and they changed again yesterday. It is just one of those things where it is constantly evolving and, and constant changes. So we just have to we just have to go with it. And um, as you'll appreciate from last night, sometimes we get very little notice of change. Um, and that seems to have been um, the journey throughout this um, since February. Um, so it, it's just a case of doing our very best. Um, we do have um, an increase in staycations, obviously. And for the, from our business point of view, um, although, like everyone else, we, we lost business um, from March through to the 4th of July. Um, since then, um, the demand for staycations is, has been incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, but occasionally the government do throw us a curveball, like the rule of six. So it is, it is constantly changing. I mean, have you had to put lots of extra measures in place to help you uh, cope with cor- coronavirus? I know when I um, got into my flat, I couldn't get into here until seven o'clock because of the extra cleaning procedures that had to happen how have you coped with this what have you had to deal with well we we were monitoring it long before um we were given the okay to to open up um the actual government website wasn't particularly helpful at the time um and after a couple of months of um you know badgering um government departments um i did finally write i thought that's it i will write to minister of tourism and see if i can get a reply that way um was then asked to send it to a different department uh which i did and then i had a reply in the middle of august um just telling me everything that was already on the website so that was a complete waste of time so what we've done we've been watching you know monitoring what's happening with um visit england we've been monitoring what's happening with the government we've been looking at the nhs updates and the world health so we had already got um preparation we we sorted it ourselves because it was too long to wait for the government to do it so yes it has mean it has meant lots of changes, like changing your departure times to um, extending your arrival times. Um, but the research that we did, you know, we have touch wood um, so far managed to keep everyone safe. Um, all the cleaners wear PPE, for example, when they're cleaning. Um, we give customers guidance before they arrive and telling them what to do, what not to do, and what's happening in the town. We sort of try and keep them updated with those sort of things and keeping the owners updated as well, obviously. Has it, has it cost you more to do that? Yes, it has. I mean, it, it has been a cost, um, but, you know, what's that cost against keeping someone safe from getting COVID? You know, the, there's no comparison. So um, we, it's one of the things that as a business we just had to swallow. Um, most of the owners have been very good and have um, contributed to those costs. Or um, So that's been, that's been a help. Um, but it's sort of everything in the business, you know, so it affects the, the housekeepers as well um, because the guidelines that they follow, they're constantly throwing away their PPE. You know, they're, they're constantly throwing away their masks. 
um, if they're changing bed linen, it's a visor, um, changing gloves, gloves constantly. So um, even down to sort of disinfecting your keys before they go in a key box or before they're collected. So um, there's, it has involved quite a lot, um, but hopefully this seems to be working. Yeah, lots of extra work, but... Uh potentially worth worth the effort if it keeps people safe um yes. there's, there's another aspect to your business which intrigues me and that's beach huts something that, that <laughs> south south is very famous for can, can you tell me about okay. about renting beach huts i mean this this sounds like this is this something more for the day tripper market and, and how busy has that side of things been oh crazily busy um, they have gone through the same disinfecting, sanitising as as, the, as if it was a you know sleeps ten house. It's exactly the same. The same same applies to to the cleaning of it and to trying to keep it safe, trying to keep the social distancing. Um, but it's as popular as ever. It is as popular as ever. Absolutely. Um, do you think? I mean, we talked about uh, the increase in staycationing, and obviously there's still sort of some doubt as, as to when this, uh, this pandemic or certainly the measures to protect us from it will end. Do you think that whatever happens, people have, will have got used to the idea of staycationing and how much fun it can be and that, that these shifts may become even more permanent? I think so. I think that I think there's been a lot of. Um, it's quite fun when you when you're taking a booking and you tell someone how much it's going to cost. And these people aren't normally stay in hotels or or um, pay a fortune for villas abroad. And um, they suddenly go, "Wow, <laughs> is that all?" <laughs> and so I, I think we've got them hooked now. I think there's, there's going to be a percentage that will still want to do that. Uh, you know, and not worry so much about going abroad. I mean, bookings are very good already for, uh, for future bookings for, for next year um, so I think that's looking positive We've booked up for July next year so yeah we've booked it long way in advance because yes, that's yes. what you have to do in a place like this. I guess one, of the, one of the issues we, you'd always face is that in a town like this is that there just simply is a, a finite amount of property that's available to rent. Do, do you think this filters through to the, uh, the sales market? Do you think more people are looking at this place as a potential investment opportunity uh, to, to buy holiday properties? Absolutely, absolutely. Not just not just to buy a, a holiday property, but to actually move away from London and to come and live here. Um, you know, they've, they've come here, they've seen uh, what we have to offer in Suffolk, and um, they think it's a safer place to live. So, um, I mean, on the estate agent side of the business, um, we have sold a huge amount of houses um, since they were able, um, you know, to, to sell again. And um, we just can't keep up with them. The amount, the volume of houses that are either going on the market, we have um, a long list of people that are waiting for properties. So um, this, I, I don't know how long that is going to continue, um, but at the moment there is a very high demand. As well as the fact that seaside resorts and, and nice places to go on holiday in the UK are very, very busy, this is having an impact on all sorts of industries, and especially those in the hospitality sector and those in, in travel hubs. I mean, we saw this morning, as we're recording on the 23rd of September, SSP, which, which owns brands like Upper Crust, had a big old profit warning and is cutting a lot of jobs. Yeah, not, not a lot of people going through stations at the moment. Um, the daily commute is uh, a thing of the past, or well, temporarily, 
temporarily at least for, for lots of people. Um, and yeah, WA Smith, I mean, they, you know, their big expansion plans was into airports and uh, you know, fewer and fewer people are, are choosing to go overseas at the moment because they don't really want to be stuck in quarantine for 14 days when they get back. Mm, yeah, and actually, as I spoke to Stephen at St Pancras Station, it part of it as well is not really wanting to stop in these travel places when you have to wear a mask and it's all quite a hostile environment and it just doesn't feel very nice you if you are going through an airport or a station you just want to get through it rather than actually what used to be an airport was get there have a drink buy a book the kind of things that wh smith and ssp really thrived off people just don't really want to do it at the moment no, absolutely. Um, you know, these places, um, you know, hospitality uh, establishments, in, you know, that are linked to the travel sector, you know, they, they've had to put a lot of precautions in place. Like the Two Magpies Bakery in Southwold, um, you know, it's reduced their capacity. And, and you know, whereas you, you had a lot of people eating in before, people are just coming through uh, to get their coffees and their, their pastries and their bread now. Um, and, and it's really difficult. And that's what we heard from uh, Steve Magnall. Southall, without question, Oldwell, without question, are massively benefiting from staycation and from the second homeowners who actually basically can't go abroad, so they're going to stay in their second houses and therefore that gives us some income coming through the door. Absolutely. But the, the first part of the summer, so during lockdown until things should get back to something approaching normality again, must have been very tough. Oh, no, no. We, so March was obviously the big close down. We went to a click and collect system, so we were basically trying to service the community so people who were vulnerable, so we actually did deliveries to people's houses, and we still got the click and collect system existing in the background a very small amount, so we still delivered to houses, but our predominant business was 60% takeout, 40% eating. So March came, to give you an idea of turnover, I'll give you some bigger numbers then, but in March I think we took £5,000. Wow. So it's a pretty, you, pretty significant you hit, drop yeah. off a cliff. So we laid off all of our staff, uh, or furloughed effectively. I think at the peak, you know, there were five of us running the bakery, working silly hours because basically we were trying to do everything from baking to delivering. So I was doing delivery van drives every day. Um, and owner's work is never done. No, totally, 100%. And then, you know, you've gone from 5,000, and, and we've had a good August without question, um, and thankfully it opened up, and, you know, as long as people are being sensible... We were very quick to get the perspect sheeting in and to put walls up to protect the staff and also protect customers and making the customers feel safe. Uh, and I think we got commended on how quickly we'd done a turnaround because getting the shops open is the most important thing to get some income coming in. Because at the end of the day, your business fails, of course. Presumably there was a cost attached to, to, to getting yourself sort of COVID safe, as it were. A massive cost attached to COVID safe. So, I mean, the physical cost... Uh, I don't know, £10,000 if you put all the perspex, because perspex prices went through the roof, and also timelines getting perspex was amazing. Getting the builders in to make sure you got the framework, because when I looked at it, because we've got no cure, I'm working on logic, we'll be still in this position come Easter next year. So how do I make it so that it's strong enough, robust enough, it's not a piece of cardboard that's going to flimsily fall over? And the customer, most importantly, and the staff, most importantly, feel safe because that's the most important thing because they're not going to come in if they don't feel safe. Now you've got that all in place. I mean, who knows where we go from here? The rules seem to change all the time. But the one thing that, that perhaps might stick is the staycation trend. What, what, what do you think uh, the, the prospects for staycationing are? No, no, I, I think staycation is, I think, I, there's a lot of things going to come out of COVID. I mean, everybody will speculate what's going to come out of COVID. So 
will you be as friendly I mean people are desperate for people's company and I buy all of that without question but there will be an element of probably people being a bit more distant I'm not talking about the younger people because we've all parted and we've all been there um, but I, I think there'll be an element of especially with the older generation stepping back a little bit in terms of do I want to be in that space or not be in that space am I comfortable going into that closed environment of a shop or whatever it might be so I think people will think differently about it but I think staycation by default people will be nervous about going abroad for a period of time even if they said we've got a cure we're going to inject everybody from April and guess it finishes by June I'm making dates up and then you can all go on holiday to Spain some will party off and go on their holidays others will go let's just wait a bit of time and just see what happens so I think on the back of that staycation will grow and, you know, we know we've got a lot of people that own holiday costages who come as regular customers. And they're fully booked out. They're booked out in October. They're booked out in November, which is unusual. November's normally really quiet. I think November will have a little tick over in it, which we won't be expecting. And that'll be good, providing there's nothing drastic happens in the country. The rules he's put in place, you know, I come from a background of drinks industry. Um, you know, the 10 o'clock curfews and all those kind of things are bad for leisure and especially for late night operators. They don't impact on us the same. We do a pizza night on a Friday in Darsh and pizza night here on a Saturday. But we'll finish by 9.30. So we're comfortable with that. I think if there's a further outbreak and you then get... Actually, it's you, you're isolating in your house. Every other 50's got to isolate. All the things they've talked about and speculated about in the past. Then there'll be an impact. But at the moment, touch wood, yes, it's boding well. So we've actually, we're trying to recruit at the moment. Actually trying to get people is actually quite difficult. Yeah, I mean, I've heard pubs have had this problem as well because obviously, if you have to introduce table service, then that's more people that you need to yeah. employ. Is it, it's the same problem here. 100%. So, so your issue is, and, that, and that's fueling, interestingly, despite all the furlough and everything else that's going on, and there's lots of people being made redundant, which is really sad. It's fueling a price increase or a, a cost increase in businesses because actually you're then competing in a local market that's in this microcosm of. You're on the coast, therefore there's a limited amount of supply of labour. So you're then fighting over the same labour. Is it? What would you like to see from the government to help you run your business better? To help you know anyone in the, the sort of staycation, the hospitality trade here in holiday towns like this uh, be able to operate in a sort of profitable manner? I studied business as part of my degree, so you, you, if you look at the macroeconomics, I mean the country is in a massive debt situation, as is the all of the world. So there's a big issue there, which is going to be some reset button somewhere, and I have no idea what that looks like. Is the honest answer? Nope, me neither. <laughs> um, from a local point of view, if you're talking about, so immediately I'm going. You know, we had a meeting with our accountants this morning, so you know you're looking at cash position going forward. So I've got Brexit coming up. So. Forget about even running at this moment in time. Brexit coming up, which actually looks like it's going to be a no-deal Brexit, so literally we're going to exit. So what support is there for hospitality that do, you know, we use a lot of currants and almonds and things like that. So what support am I going to get supporting that on top of COVID? This is outside of COVID. If it continues and they force more restrictions, are we going to get some more furlough support? The rates holiday we've had till April, I think that needs to continue because actually it was always imbalanced anyway. You've got the big giants like Amazon that pay no nothing and we're paying thousands because we're on a main high street in Southwold, which is really successful. Mm. I noticed there's lots of, sort of retail properties uh, that are vacant at the moment. There's seven to nine available in Southwold. So if they're not careful, I mean, COVID's obviously caused its own problems. You're going to have a lot of problems with hospitality per se and I'm, I'm specifically aiming at pubs but everybody that's being forced by their landlords or whatever to carry on paying rents and 
there might be a bit of protection at this moment in time. You know, our landlords in Furness, and if they're listening to this podcast, have been good in their support of us. But again, they've been negotiations, and they're hard negotiations. They're not easy negotiations. You don't get any help from the government on the back of that. So I think the government needs to do a rescue package that recognises if if you know if staycations are staying, the industry needs to carry on. It therefore needs supporting through this period of time until we get some cure. Mm, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, Southwold, as I say, is a, it's a beautiful place, um, but it's 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 kind of one of the only really sort of popular towns like this on the coast over here. And, you know, I, I would love to see more expansion across the, uh, the English coastline. I, I actually live on the coast myself, and you know, it's trying to become more touristy. But it's, it's kind of a hard thing to do. Did do, do you feel that, that there should be more government support to, to generally improve the tourist oh, no, no, industry? No, no, from a tourist industry point of view, totally. I mean, I've just come back from holiday in Abersock, and Abersock's a south, it's south world in Wales, effectively. Mm. But, you know, you can see, you know, if you've got the road, you've got lower stuff or wherever. There are some nice places by the sea, but by default have run down because they relied on different industries in the past. Mm. And that's about a longer term strategy from the government. So we want more staycation. Therefore, we need to support the hospitality industry. What does that look like? You know, so is it advertising? Is it grant support? Is it... Regeneration. Regeneration. All of those projects, which will then, in, in by default, generate more jobs. Training. So, you know, we don't get any support on training. We've got to be a certain size. You know, do you want to sign up to this and that? And actually, it's so bureaucratic. Actually, make it simple. You know, actually, the, the one thing they did right, the government, in terms of, you know, the COVID business loan, the 50,000, was a very simple application for. And why not make everything very simple rather than it's so bureaucratic, you've got to jump through so many hoops that actually most people get put off. Why haven't we got support to put our perspex sheeting in to make the place COVID safe? It cost us 10 grand, we did it ourselves, it's hit. If, if I was really up against it, I wouldn't do it. I'd do it in a different way, but it wouldn't be as secure. So why not give support to the businesses that are trying to make it work, that are actually keeping the economy going as well? So difficult time for, I mean, anyone in the travel sector. But do you think we're going to ever go back to normal? Who knows? But uh, I think we could be with this for a few years to come. Certainly both uh, Lorraine and Steve uh, believe that there were some permanent aspects to the change that we've seen and the, and the trend towards vacation. Um, in fact, you know, Steve's essentially building a business around it and, uh, and, and Durrance has been in this business for a very, very long time and seen an explosion in, uh, in recent years. Um, until people feel safe to travel, uh, then um, they'll probably be, feel safer coming to travel overseas, that is. They'll probably feel safer coming to places like this, sunny yeah. Southport. But then having said that, you know, you, you, people do go to other places in the country uh, and you've seen the, the huge, you know, crowds on Brighton Beach and, and Bournemouth Beach. Uh, and that doesn't look pretty, pretty safe to me. So, yeah. you know, but maybe I'm maybe I'm one of those sort of rare idols that, uh, that that feels COVID safe, but but I'm not sure that's the same across the uh, across the UK, certainly some of the bigger resorts. Mm, yeah, I mean, they were queuing to get onto the top of Snowdon last week. Uh, people were... Yeah, it, it is all very, very strange. But also the other thing about holidaying in the UK and and taking when and where you take holidays to is that people are working even when they're taking holidays. It's become the, the COVID era makes it quite difficult to take an actual holiday. And obviously you're doing that this week. Really? Who'd have thought it? So... Yeah, that is something that also probably will uh, be playing on people's minds when they're thinking about working holiday. And there's something that we're going to talk about a little bit more next week when we our topic is working from home, uh, something that neither you or I particularly enjoyed. 
No, uh, and you know, whilst it's easy, I can do it. I'm here on holiday, doing podcasts, doing some work. You know, I probably need some downtime. And uh, and I think everyone's forgotten how to switch off. I think I think maybe there will come a point where there is a you know the reset button is is pressed, and and actually the sort of strange overlap between work and life is is kind of put back to normal. And maybe that does mean going away to to somewhere un- uncontactable uh, in uh, in the depths of. Uh, Lord knows where overseas is the place to be. But then, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, forecasts for air travel. They're not expected to come back for some time from, uh, you know, the the, 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 uh, the travel bodies and, and the airlines themselves. So, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a long road ahead. Mm, yeah. One of the other industries that we haven't really been able to touch on, but is also being extremely affected, not directly by what's happening with both working from home and travelling and and all sorts is the property market and that's something that emma powell has dug into in this week's cover feature from the investors chronicle it's a really interesting look at what is happening in across the housing market and and yeah worth a read so pick that up at your local wh smith give him a bit of support and thanks for listening and we'll be back next week see you later